September 2, 2020. It's a lot from Pedro's show.
show for show of september happy wednesday still quit quarantino mode so brother matt the love grotto pleasure point a couple miles south here but i'm not totally man alone once again those estonian software engineers with their skype invention has made it possible for me to come together and have brian jasper hullabout hey brian how you doing I'm doing good. I'm very... Uh, you got all loud. Everybody does this shit. People, uh, you know, I always check the volume with my guests before we go on the air. And it's just like gigs. You play real soft at the sound check, but when the gig comes on, the full mod. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll back up slightly. No, it's all right. It's all right. Yeah, so I'm very excited to be here. You know, you know there, you. there's that Who song, Won't Get Fooled Again. It happens to me every week. <laughs> Wishful thinking, brother Pete. Uh, we start off the show with something pretty rare. It might have been John Coltrane's first recording. This is when he was with uh, Dizzy Gillespie's band. He's probably still on the alto, uh, maybe. But it's a radio broadcast from 1951. It's Congo Blues, John Coltrane with uh, Dizzy Gillespie's band. Then we had Brian Jasper Hull with Come and Get It. Now, Brian... Please tell me your earliest musical recollection. Well, uh, I've had music, you know, in my house and my life, uh, you know, from a very early age. Well, try to uh, remember what's the oldest little memory lurking in your memory attic. Well, I have memories of... Uh, you know, putting records on and, you know, dancing around, like throwing on. Uh, I remember, uh, <laughs> it's kind of funny, uh, Hello Dolly with Louis Armstrong singing and uh, and dancing around to that. And uh, Satch. Yeah, yeah. Now, now uh, Brian, where was this? Well, when I was, uh, I was born out in Inglewood, California. Ah, Hollywood Park. Yeah. Fabulous Forum. I think it was the hospital at that time. I don't think it's there anymore, but I think it was right across the street from the Forum. And uh, my dad was in the Air Force, so we ended up going to Taipei, Taiwan. Um, and I don't have a lot of memories of that. I mean, I, I have, uh, you know, Super 8 films that, <laughs> that my dad uh, filmed. Uh, I remember one where I'm walking around with a hammer and just dancing and waving it like a conductor or something. So I think I was, you know. Now, these weren't your records, right? These were your parents? Yes. Now, were they players or just listeners? My mother uh, 
played piano, you know, and so uh, when 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 we were there, I remember my father told me that he he ordered a uh, piano from Japan and had it sent down to Taiwan. So, and I actually still have that piano, which is cool. Now, did you learn how to play? Did they ask you uh, to take lessons? I never did. Uh, you know, I don't know what it was, but I I wasn't drawn to piano. But my dad had a little uh, Yamaha acoustic guitar, and I, that that attracted me more. Um, and so he, he taught me a few chords, you know, just a, a few basic folk chords. And, uh, that's kind of, you know, where the, you know, songwriting started happening. What about school? Were you in the choir, the marching band or shit like that? I, uh, well, I had, uh, some experience, uh, singing in like a church choir yeah. and then, uh, about junior high school, I picked up trumpet and was playing trumpet uh, in the school band, and, and did that for for a couple years. Um, and this is uh, still in Taipei. Well, no, we, we moved around a lot. I ended up in uh, Texas, uh, the Dallas Fort Worth area, Arlington, uh, and then uh, eventually um, moved up to to Denver, Colorado. Yeah. Okay. So, can you tell me the first record you bought with your own money? If I remember correctly, it was a Michael Jackson album. I think it was like Thriller. Okay. And what about the first gig you went and saw? You're off the wall, I think. Uh, first gig I went to see. Well, the first one that that was a big concert that I went to was actually uh, to see your band, The Minutemen, open up for Black Flag. Uh, at the Rainbow Music Hall in Denver. Denver, Barry Fay. Yes. Barry Fay used to run the rock and roll scene. I think he ended up shooting himself to death. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely haven't heard anything about him for for a long time. Yeah, my uh, the guy who does my gigs in Denver, uh, Doug Kaufman, long time back to Firehose days, and uh, actually he's from Ann Arbor, but he, Barry Fay kind of what you say mentor as far as promoting getting shows together he, but he was from the older days you know that gig let me tell you about that gig we were on tour with black flag and we the gig before that the night before was minneapolis so that was 17 hour hell ride we had to leave right after the gig to make the sound check for that gig and you wow. guys in denver are a mile up so the air's a little thinner <laughs> Yeah, that must have been a rude yeah, awakening. But look, look, we were on tour first time, big ass tour with Black Flag. We had just been to Europe with them, and now we're doing the U.S. Little things like that didn't matter, man. It didn't matter. <laughs> we were just glad to do it. I, no, no belly aching for me. What about in? Uh, so you're doing uh, the trumpet in junior high, but what about after school? Because you're also doing the acoustic guitar, right? So do you have a band with your buddies, like a garage band or a basement or bedroom band? Yeah. Um, so a little later uh, in high school, you know, I, I, I tried out for a jazz band, and, and, and I wasn't a very good sight reader, and so they, I, they didn't pick me up for the jazz band. So I got frustrated, and I just ended up quitting trumpet. I, I probably shouldn't have quit, but... Um, at any rate, uh, started to um, listen to some punk, you know, and, and I was the skater at the time. And 
I met a guy from California down the road who was um, a skater, and we were we met down at a little uh, half half pipe or in a quarter pipe, and uh, you know he was pretty hip to a lot of stuff, and I remember him coming over to my house with a big stack of records, you know, uh, just kind of introducing me to a lot of the um, bands from like Oxnard and uh, Nardcore. Uh, yeah, Nardcore, like the Faction and uh, Aggression. Ill and, Repute. Ill Repute, yeah, Starline and all of that. 13. Dr. No, you know. Dr. No. Yeah, and, and, and so that was really cool. And, um, you know, we started talking about maybe we should get a band together. His name is Rich Jacobs. You might, you might know him. He's an artist. Um, and I know he, he does a benefit uh with you well, normally every year, but I guess with the with the virus this year, they had to do it virtually, but it's for a elementary school art program out ah, in California. You're talking about, uh, yeah, Ritz. Jacobs. Uh, no, but the name of the school, it's an elementary oh, school. Oh, yeah, I'm not sure I'm not in, sure the name of the school. I think it's in Placentia, and it's called Ritz. And, uh, yeah, I've done about three or four. Tim Kerr's a big part of that. Exactly. Right, yeah. and Ray Barbie's done it a couple times with me. Uh, okay, okay, and I probably yeah. I probably know Rich, but my 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 name. You know the good thing about Alzheimer's, you're always meeting new people. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Well, well, anyway, so even back then, he was a, a really dedicated uh, visual artist, always drawing, and and uh, and and he was playing guitar. And at that time. I hadn't really gotten very serious about guitar, but I was like, hey, I could sing, and I'd, you know, I'd, I'd be into it. And we found uh, another guy who was a guitarist who was really into playing Hendrix, but we told him, hey, you're going you're gonna to be the bassist. Um, and then we met a guy from Berkeley, California, uh, named Devin, who was, uh, had been into Fang, uh, you know, and it was kind of into Motorhead and, and some of the, um, you know, speed metal stuff and uh formed a band called atomic dilemma so it was a uh, definitely a garage band we were playing in devin's garage and uh you know just eventually worked our way up where we got some gigs with uh yeah, t tell me about the first gig there brian oh wow I don't, I don't know i don't know what the first one was but i i know one of the first ones we opened up for the band seven seconds yeah skino yeah and and like you know, we had been rehearsing, and the, the the bass amp was so bad that it would it would like <laughs> it was a bad connection, and it would sort of like go out, and our bassist Pat would have to like kick it to get, <laughs> to, get, <laughs> to, get to get you know so it would stop shorting out. And I had nightmares about that, like oh we're gonna you know have this thing shorten out in the middle of the gig, but it was pretty impressive you know to be uh, open up for guys like that that were touring bands. Now how how did you feel personally? Were you scared? I think, yeah, I think so. Um, but, you know, once we got up there and started playing, um, you know, it felt great. But, you're, but uh, Brian, you were the front man. Yes. <laughs> so that's a lot of weight on the shoulder for the first time. Yeah, it was, you know, we eventually ended up playing some pretty big shows. You know, uh, we opened up for all, uh, you know, the Descendants uh, sure, sure. group. And then we uh, played... Um, trying to think of some of the other ones. I think with a, aggression. Did you guys ever uh, record? 
We recorded a seven inch, and uh, well, you and should so that you, was... you should have flowed me some of the music. <laughs> <laughs> Look, speaking of which, I want to play some uh, metal like Javen. People stop and stare, but you might have a greater sense of liberation. Why shopping mall grand opening such a thing with ribbon cutting ceremonies? Like christening a ship for some noble expedition? World graffiti artists travel incognito and work ungodly hours, traveling through the American shadows. Your thumb, but they don't know the bill for. 
people gotta stick together Make a brand new start But you better look out Cause it's coming soon to a neighborhood near you Big galaxy, a galaxy. 
stone in gutter felt lighter. School bus arrived. Stone remained in center of palm. Pink sky through window, oval cloud. Felt stone in palm and recalled a father who held a mug made of gold. Wallpaper in dining room, a forest to wonder. Counted people on sidewalk. Girl pulling wagon under freeway overpass. Stone cold in hand. Girl cold in air. Gold forest. 
from Metal Arc Jive and start that off. Then uh, some brand new stuff from the Disciple label. Great stuff out of England. Uh, well, the label is all the people from all around the world. Uh, Model Home, which I guess DC, uh, crossed with uh, His Name is Alive, Detroit. Uh, Candy Colored Dreams. Uh, Bogdan Rosinski with Samurai Masubitsu. Then Black Lodge, do not go gently. A few would dream, but that goes way back. First album, I think. Mr. Tom has a new tobacco album coming, Halloween, or the day before, Headless to Headless. And then Mashi Wynn, uh, lady Burmese background. She was a big in the SoCal scene. If you ever hear this new alliance compilation called Turds from Space, that that's her doing poetry then, and this is just from about two weeks ago poems that she was reading. Uh the Hawk after that from Iowa City with Victory Over the Honorary Night. Uh, Bullets of Balloon out of uh Spokanistan or little town of Methlehem, I hear they like to call it. Cattle fire, and then finally, metal lark jiving with a street called Mystery. So, what happens with your atomic? Uh, the atomic dilemma. Uh, your, yeah, was, did it end up a dilemma? <laughs> well, you know, we we uh, it was an interesting band because you know we all were very different, um, and. It got to the point where um, two of us were graduating from high school, and you know, and I was thinking about heading 
to Texas to go to school. And, uh, yeah, it, it was almost like, uh, we were just growing apart, but, uh, for a while it lasted, it was, it was really cool. And, uh, we were part of a thing called, uh, the Colorado crew. There was a guy named, uh, there's a guy named Bob, Rob Medina, who was real active in the scene. And he got this record label together called donut crew records. And, um, and he did a couple a series called Co the Colorado crew. And we were a part of that. Got our, like our first recording called TV addict onto that, uh, little seven inch. Um, yeah. So, you know, it was, it was a cool, uh, way to get started with, writing songs and, and, and sort of uh, experimenting. So what happens uh, to you guys music? What happens to you musically after this band uh, is kaput? Well, um, you know, I, I uh, stayed in touch with uh, Rich over the years, but then um, when I went down to Texas, um, you know, I, I didn't really think that I was going to start a band. And I remember uh, there was a Bob Dylan concert up in uh, Dallas, and I, we were in Waco, Texas. Uh, and so um, we had tickets to this Dylan show, and one of the guys who was supposed to go to the show uh, bailed out at the last minute. And uh, so this, this young uh, freshman named Bill showed up, and he hears me playing around on a guitar, you know, at this gathering before we're going to drive up the two hours up to Dallas. And he's like, sounds good, man. We got to start a band. <laughs> and I, you know, I was like, no, nah, man, you know, I'm just, I'm just dinking around. I'm not, I'm not really serious about it. And, uh, but he was insistent, you know, he's like, come on, uh, you know, at least, at least let's get together and see if we can, you know, pull some songs together. So we ended up, uh, you know, meeting within the first three hours that we played music together, I think we had three tunes that we were sort of cobbling together. And he's like, this is working great, man. Let's, you know, let's find a rhythm section. And and it was one of those things that everything just happened really fast. And we, we started this band called Ezra's Pound Cake. <laughs> and a little reference to Ezra Pound. Sure, the poet. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know... It, it was crazy how fast it happened within like two and a half weeks. We were like doing our first gig. Well, where'd you find your rhythm section? Well, he, he met a couple of guys, uh, down the hall from him, the, a drummer and a bassist. And, uh, the drummer was from Austin, Texas, got him Jim Eisenbeck and a bass player named Matt Haley. And, uh, they had, they turned out to be, really solid i mean it was it was kind of miraculous actually <laughs> yeah so it was like uh you know usually you you expect to go through months of practice before you can do anything worth the shit but we were actually you know putting together some good tunes and um i remember that first first gig playing and and having people come up to us after the show just like that was that was great man that was amazing and it was just such a powerful feeling and i think that really hooked me on the idea like, Hey, you know, I, I can do this. Now, now, did you guys record? We did. Yeah. We recorded. Now, why uh, didn't you give me some of that music? <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Don't worry. Don't worry, Brad. 
<laughs> like, like with the Atomic Dilemma, it was probably really Econo recording, right? Was it about the same way with uh, Ezra Pound Cake? Well, you know, we kind of stepped it up a notch with the, with Ezra's Pancake, and we went down to a studio down in uh, Austin. It was called Austin Recording Studio, and th at that time we were we were recording with uh, on you know reel to reel, sure. so it was a really nice sound actually. I mean, um, it was we we recorded an album called Digging Where There's Roots, and uh, you know when I look back at it and listen and listen to that recording, I still am pretty happy about the the sound quality I, I love that real to real sound well i wish i could have heard it <laughs> but did you guys go out and tour well you know on a limited basis you know we, we we got to we went out to um play in memphis there was a music festival up there and then when eventually the band ended up uh, we played in arkansas little rock arkansas Got up to Colorado, started playing around Colorado, took a, a tour uh, where we played out. Uh, I can't remember which town it was, and uh, some somewhere again in Tennessee, and then back to Texas. So, so we got you know a little bit of traveling in. Okay, okay. I'm just curious because usually when people put out a record, they kind of tour on it, you know. Yeah, I mean, we got a chance to 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 travel some. Yes. It wasn't it wasn't a full blown full blown U.S. tour, but no, but like an Austin gig, a Houston gig, a Dallas gig, a San Antonio gig. We we did play down in Austin, yeah, and, and uh, did a did a fair amount of playing around in Texas, yeah. Yeah, because I, I, it's almost nine hundred miles across. It's a big state. It's a huge state. <laughs> It's like California sideways. <laughs> I know about it, but you exactly. know, but a lot of good places to play. Of course, Austin's the big music town, but I've had good gigs in all those towns. Okay, look, we're at the end of the first hour. Watt for Pedro show special guest uh, Brian Jasper Hull. Hold tight for hour two. September two, twenty twenty. It's the second hour of the Watt for Pedro show. Fresh on the scene, just out of gate. Pop sat me down and set me straight. You got to know, ain't another way to go. Wanna make it out there in this world? You gotta live in large, live in large. What you gonna do? I'm gonna live in large. What you gonna do? I'm gonna live in large. What you gonna do? Well, but nowadays the sense of gloom seems to hover in this room. Is it just me, or is it plain to see? Checking in the papers and reading in the news, everybody's got the blues. Goodly all, do now do me all. Goodly all, do now do me all. Goodly all, do now do me all. Goodly all. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da
gonna live in large. What you gonna do? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Am I just yeah, my dust, but my stuff. Going through the motions of what? Going through the motions of what's supposed to be cool. A Cadillac car. A Cadillac car. And a Cuban cigar.
Monica's sorta make you fat. Anyway, you busy with the telephone, no time for chat. Could Monkey have long walk back to cubicle? He sit down, pretend to work. Could Monkey not thinking so straight? Could Monkey not feeling so great? Could Monkey like Fritos? Could Monkey like Tavern Mountain Dew? Could Monkey very simple man? Big, warm, fuzzy, secret heart. Code monkey like you. Code monkey like you. Lots. Code monkey have every reason to get out this place. Coffee cake, take bath, take nap. This job fulfilling in creative way, such a load of crap. Code Monkey thinks someday he have everything, even pretty girl like you. Code Monkey just waiting for now. Code Monkey says someday, somehow. Code Monkey like Fritos. Code Monkey like Tavern Mountain Dew. Code Monkey very simple man. Big, warm, fuzzy, secret heart Code monkey like you Code monkey like you
Pedro Show, we start off the second hour with uh, Meadowlark Jivin, living at large, then Sam Bennett after that from Tokyo, Birmingham guy, but he's been there many years. Billionaires, guided by voices, foreign deputies, Bob Pollard, down to Dayton, 110 records, maybe he's, <laughs> incredible. Foreign deputies by, uh, yeah, guided by voices. Cal uh, Portoros, out of Slovenia with Tech, Code Monkey, Jonathan Colton, Gross Domestic Happiness, Mystic Weapons. Mystical Weapons has got Greg Sarnier and uh, Sean Lennon. Uh, Claire Rockmore, which is uh, a big uh, theremin, in fact, protege of the inventor man, uh, Summertime. And finally, I got that from uh, Hank Rollins, Jasper Hall with Rebirth. Uh, look, 
what is metal lark jive and how does this fit in with uh atomic dilemma and uh ezra's pound cake well uh <clears throat> after ezra's pound cake moved up to, to colorado and we had to you know seek out uh, a new rhythm section because not uh the, the drummer wasn't, wasn't willing to make the move. So we found a, a young gal, a female drummer by the name of Audrey Dillard. And uh, she was just so funky, you know, it was this great, great player. And then uh, got another guy to move out actually from Little Rock to play bass with us. Um, when one of the guys in the band, Bill, he wanted to move out east, and I didn't want to move out east, so we, we parted ways and then uh, ended up uh, meeting a guitarist by the name of Quentin Young and playing uh, with him, and we, we started Metal Arc Jive in a, in a, with a bass player named Jim Abraham. So that was back in 97, and Jim and I have been playing together now for 23 years. Great. So, But this is what... Uh, metal lock jiving consists of consisted of yeah it's uh you know kind of uh got its start when ezra's pancake broke up right and uh you know we've we've always been interested in kind of like uh funk and rock and uh and some an improvisation you know integrating some jazz into our music oh so this this band is still active we're still active yeah Okay, did um, you guys ever record back then in, in the late '90s? With Metal Eye Jiving, yeah, we did. We did our first album was we started it in '97. Okay, yeah. And what did you record there in Colorado? We recorded, yeah, here in Colorado. Uh, that one we we ended up. There was a guy here in town that had a little home studio. It was pretty nice, and we started his place. And then we ended up going to UNC, uh, which. Even seeing Greeley has a really good jazz school and a good studio and re recorded in their studio. Ah. Now, you start branching out. You're, you're more than just the singer now, right? Yeah, I'm, the, I'm a, you know, the principal songwriter in the group, guitarist, uh, singer, and so kind of just developing more and more of the songwriting and taking it in different directions so being a band leader being a front man not the same thing really but in your case yeah yeah it, it, it's kind of worked out that way um but uh yeah it's it's been a it's you gotta wear a lot of hats <laughs> yeah 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 but okay let me talk about the guitar do you like playing with another guy uh, at this point, I'm I'm mainly playing, uh, you know, having keyboardists or or playing those trios. So um, I like working with other guitarists, but um, haven't been doing it for a while. You know, I, I want to play this this tune here called Shadow Dance. What? Awololo. Awololo. Yes. Give me a heads up on that. So so this song. Um, was uh i lived in france for a few years my wife's from france and so she convinced me to go over there 2003 2006 and, and while i was living over there 
I was in Toulouse and I met this uh, musician by the name of David Angot and he's from Cameroon and, uh, and David, uh, you know, has a pretty rich musical history. You know, he played with Fela Kuti. He yeah. played drums with Fela Kuti and, uh, yeah, you know, Tony, with Tony Allen and, 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 you know, and, and did some pretty, pretty hip stuff, you know? And so he was sharing this tune he was singing it in his, in his language, a dialect from Cameroon, um, a wololo. And as he was playing it, I said, this is a great tune, David, would you be cool with me and make, putting an arrangement together and, and, you know, kind of putting English lyrics on it. I said, but I want to keep that word in there. And I, you got to explain what that means to me. And so he said, uh, you know, in French, prends le mal avec patience, which means uh, take, take the difficulty in life with patience. Okay. So I, I, want, I wanted to keep that in the song. I like that. That's words to live by. Let's listen. Something's got me captured 
of butterflies shoot their stars and rise. You might have preferred a lion's roar to sound out through the halls of time. But your life was a shadow dance, measured by happenstance. Yes, your life was a shadow dance, measured by happenstance. Where? Stay. 
For Pedro show, yeah, shadow dance, awololo. <laughs> and what's what's that phrase again in French? Uh, mal avec patience. Yeah, okay. I know. I know mal means bad. Little, that's that's right. Little yes. Latin there. Little Latin there. Brian Jasper Hull, Dan uh, uh, Bouchong with uh, every everything around. They were on the show a couple weeks ago. Great band out of Chai Town. Bet Lavette, Betty Lavette. She's got something uh, the Verve people sent me. Romance in the Dark, and Ptolemy's got brand new, I think he's in New Mexico these days, Get Together to Make It Better, Peter Kowald and Damon Smith, Damon on the show last week, uh, Peter Kowald, incredible improviser, Reflections on April 28th, the first, I guess, reflection, and then finally, Jasper Groove's Collective, Skeletons of Language. Now, the Groove's Collective, how's this different from the Meadowlark Jiving? Well, it got its start. Uh, I started, there's a piano player here in town that used to do like a jazz jam and uh, a guy named Mark Sloniker. And I used to go down and, and sing with him. And um, he has a drummer, a guy named Mark Rains. And, and so I started to connect with Mark, you know, just when you're doing these jams regularly. And talking to him and, and at first i thought he was just a pure jazz guy and that was all he did but then as i got to know him we started talking about frank zappa and we started talking about you know all kinds of music he's like a walking encyclopedia um and i realized that he can i, can you know, I ask you bright isn't that yeah. what it's really about music is music this genre stuff is kind of bullshit well i agree with you i mean i i i feel like i feel like it all ends up coming down to the same thing. You're dealing with waves. You're dealing with, um, you know, frequencies that are out there. I mean, that's, you know, someone like Sun Ra would have said that, you know, the universe is made up of, of these frequencies and, and, and that's what we're doing when we're playing music. So, um, I totally agree with you in that sense. You know, if, if you're a musician, you shouldn't get too hung up on what genre you're playing. Yeah. So, so anyway, get back to your story. I'm sorry. So anyhow, yeah, um, you know, I started reaching out to him and, and saying, hey, you know, I've got some tunes I've been writing. I figured it would be, you know, maybe a vehicle to do something a little different than the Metal Arc Jiving and, uh, you know, maybe pull in some, some influences, you know, just to mix it up and uh, explore that. And so he turned out to be uh, not only f fabulous in terms of his drumming but also as a as a producer and he's great at mixing music um and so we've just been pulling in a lot of our friends uh you know to be part of the collective and um pulling in unusual instruments like you, you heard the bassoon there on skeletons of language yeah yeah and that's a young guy man he's like <laughs> joe hofarth he's like uh you know maybe 23 or something i don't know exactly but uh it's a really, he's a great saxophonist, but I said, man, I want, I want you to bring that bassoon in. Double read. Have you been to a Barcelona? I've only been to Barcelona one occasion. and, and um, You know the uh, big church, right, that they're still working on, Mr. Gaudi? That Sagrada Familia? Yeah. The angels aren't playing harps. They're playing bassoons. 
That is that is so cool. I think it's the only time I got some pictures I took because I couldn't believe it. <laughs> they're playing, but they're rocking it on bus. And you know the tops. They've got like pineapples. I mean, the, the, the interesting stuff, Mister Gally. Uh, also, uh, the the park, the Gua, uh, you know Guelph Park, and uh, all those kinds of things. The Colonia, the little uh, uh, chapel he made in that worker town. And, yeah, I, I need to go back to Barcelona and really spend some quality time there. Yeah, because we use the word Gaudi as a kind of lame adjective, but the man himself actually, uh, you know, he got hit by a streetcar. Since he was dressed Econo, they thought he was homeless and let him die. Fucked oh, up. man. Yeah, fucked up. That's a tragic story. Uh, look, we're at the end of uh, second hour, September 2, 2020. Special guest, Brian Jasper Hull. Hold tight for hour three. September 2, 2020. It's the third hour. The Watt for Pedro Show.
The sun is sinking in the west The cattle go down to the stream The red wings settle in the nest It's time for a cowboy to dream Purple light in the canyon That's where I long to be with my three good companions. Just my rifle, a pony, and me. Gonna hang, gonna hang my sombrero, my sombrero on the limb, on the limb of a tree.
Pedro Show, Blues for Sisyphus, Jasper Grooves Collective, and uh, yeah, me and Brian are discussing the Sisyphus guys, you know, the guy from the Legends and stuff, and the chutzpah, huh? Whoa. Yeah, apparently, apparently he uh, he fooled uh, Hades and, and got him talking about something. That, why, why didn't you have uh, Hermes send for me? Why, why are you coming for me? Got him... <laughs> And got him answering that question and then chained him up in the process. That's right. Watch the other hand. <laughs> we had Crane after that with What a Trip. Jim uh, McHugh with My Rifle, My Pony, and Me. <laughs> That's a fucking tune for these days. And finally, Jasper Grooves collected with One False Step. So, like, do you still do just Brian Jasper Hall songs? I do, yeah, and uh, I mean, I, I guess I, I kind of um, started calling it the, the the collective in the sense that I felt like it was becoming more of a group, you know, a group effort. Sure. But uh, but yeah, sometimes I go out and play as Brian Jasper Hall. And then record and compose. Yeah, I mean, I it's it's kind of funny, you know. It, um. It's hard to have three projects going simultaneously, but, well, but I, I'm sure you, you've you've had more than that. Well, uh, it, it probably ain't. Yeah, yeah, I, I can relate a little bit. <laughs> but what what, I, what I'm saying is, uh, you don't exactly play the same role in all three projects, though, do you? 
You're the shot caller. That's a good question. I mean, I'm the principal songwriter for all three projects. So what makes Uh, them different? It's the people that make them different. Yeah, I think it's the people. And I think uh, the when I did the Brian Jasper Hole album, maybe it was a little more um, uh, rock, uh, kind of per- personal stuff. But but yeah, I think it's the personnel mainly. Okay, because like, have you been asked to be part of somebody else's collective or be somebody else's side man or, or, or roles like that? Have you ever tried that? I've done I've done some of that, yeah. Um, there's been uh, a singer here in town. She ended up moving out to California that that I worked with, named Carol Fraser. Um, and so there was a, in particular, there was a uh, piano player, uh, keyboard player named Walter Jenkins, who who was here for many years in Colorado, and I was his uh, guitarist for at least five years. Uh, and that was a great experience. You know, a lot of like, um, it was, it's like going to school, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Because what I found out, you can't learn everything if you're always the boss. Yeah, yeah, always- absolutely. And, you know, and Walt was one of these guys that, you know, he had been out in the Frisco area. He had been, you know, rubbing elbows with people like Tower of Power and, you know, uh, sure. and, and, and a lot of the funk musicians of that time. And, and so he just brought in a, a ton of experience. He could he could tell you stories about touring with Bo Diddley and 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 you know being on the <laughs> tour bus, you know, drinking whiskey all day with 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 Bo Diddley, and then Bo showing up being so hammered that he would fall down <laughs> when he got on stage. Here, I want to play some more uh, Jasper Grooves collection. All right. In the beginning was a low rumbling. A subterranean rumor, a resonance gathering in the far reaches of the cosmos, splitting tectonic plates, calving glaciers, roaring like mammoth bone timpanies that pierce the Arctic silence, giving birth to the base. Oh, the seed syllable rang out, universally proclaiming that the low end would anchor the far-flung galactic orchestra forever and ever. In the beginning, not the word, but the ineffable, the unsayable, the undeniable vibration. And the cosmos began to feel the need to find a vessel to transmit these frequencies, to find vessels to send out the universal heartbeat and the cosmic roll call sounded out. Charles Bingus, present. Jaco Pastorius, present. Esperanza Spalding, present. Michelle Indegeocello, present. Ron Carter on the bass. And the bass makers pulsed like the pulmonary pulse of life itself. And the low rumbling found form form found booties, and booties found the vibration, and the joyful shaking affirmed the oneness of the cosmic congregation, and the low were made high, and the high were made low, and the wavelengths embraced symbiotically overthrowing all hierarchies, 
Which brings us to the next vehicle attuned to interplanetary travel. You see, the sax man is nothing less than a NASA space vehicle. His flight takes you to see the quintessential scenic overlook. With notes caressing you weakless and euphoric until you gaze back and see the blue earth. I'm talking about terra firma, turquoise mama, mother blue, blue translucence, and engines of the sax man's blowing lungs pouring down turbulent floods of jet stream white. This man ain't just singing about his own troubles or tribulations. His is a mind that dances on the outskirts of himself. Letting his soul roam gaseous, venturing into smoky barroom corners, plunging into darkly melancholic painted eyes, magnetized by soul currents that flow in a raptured stranger's flight, a barometer of soul, thermometer of the blues, antenna of beating hearts. This man is a flying machine, played exquisitely a veritable spaceship. Oh, how heavenly. of rhythm and rhythming, rhythm, rhythmic patter of scattering flows, tumbling, kitchen sink leaking, bed spring squeaking, send folks butt naked streaking, rhythm, rhythm, yes, rhythm.
Hat, 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 hat,
da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. 
put it on the television, it don't mean you have to listen. Well, we got the world, we can't envision. Just because they're so seeds of strife and division, there is more, a better world I and I can envision. Pedro Show last music for this edition. Started off with Jasper Grooves collection doing jazz riffing in the beginning. Then we had the Groove Crater uh, method. That's Brother Phil up in Bama doing 3rd of September blues. I know people, it's the 2nd of September, but Brother Phil likes to be a day ahead <laughs> instead of a dollar late. <laughs> and Tenkel. Just two years ago, uh, supplying the the voice for this, uh, Butoh's a kind of dancing over in Japan, and she was like the 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 music behind it. Uh, Finn, human, Finn in uh, French is end. So, human end, scary. And finally, word, sound, and power. Jasper Grooves Collective. Uh, where can people find you on the internet, Brian? So um, I've got a Jasper Grooves Collective website. I think it's uh, just www.jaspergroovescollective.com. And then... uh, Brian, you should spell it. You should spell it. So J-A-S-P-E-R, Grooves, G-R-O-O-V-E-S, Collective, C-O-L-L-E-T-E-C-T-I-V-E. That's it, (laughs) dot com, right? Yes. Okay. And uh, people, you can get information on there. What, what, what you, what's your plans right now and in for the future? Well, uh, <clears throat> that's a good question. I mean, I feel like everything's sort of turned on its head right now with this uh, pandemic. Um, but I, I've been mainly focusing on uh, composing right now and just hoping, you know, that we're going to see a, a time in in the semi near future where, where we can get out to playing more live. Right. You know, I read that King Lear was written during a lockdown like 400 years ago. So, I mean, it is lame, but we got to do something, right? We don't want to sit, sit on our hands. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I feel like, uh, I don't know. I've talked to this. I've talked about this with a couple of musician friends of mine uh, and, and we that that's sort of the one silver lining in this is we, we feel like we've had a chance to 
get creative and, and, and really focus on uh, making the music. Um, you know, I got a trumpet player buddy named Kirk Kanufke. He's out in, in New York, and he's like, yeah, I'm practicing. I, I have the time to do it like I used to when I was in my 20s. Um, you know, so uh, so hopefully this will turn into a, a real um, creative period, or like a flourishing of uh of artistic energy yeah yeah i mean try to make the most you know the old lemonade out of lemon thing right yeah absolutely yeah you know uh yeah just trying not to uh you know focus on you know it, at the beginning of the, the whole thing you know back in march i was like oh man i just lost like six gigs in, <laughs> in one day you know it's like uh you know and, and there's a, there's this side of me that was you know wanting to bemoan you know cry about it and then, and then I thought, you know, everyone's in this boat. You know, it's it's really pointless to yeah. to to uh, bitch about it. Well, as, as 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 long as you're feeling a little philosophical, what about somebody younger just getting into music? Uh, nothing to do with COVID nineteen, but just asking you because if you're you on your journey of music, would you? What kind of advice would you have for someone like that? Well, I, I think, um, you know, what I was talking about earlier, you know, where I found that opportunity, for example, to play with uh, Walt Jenkins. And, and I think those kind of opportunities, you know, are important, you know, where you, you have someone that you can connect with, who has a little more experience with it. And, um, you know, not, not necessarily to take lessons, although that, although that, that can be definitely a, a good approach as well. But I think getting out and playing live is so important because, um, you know, I always noticed that those jams, you know, the guys that were, were practicing in their rooms, you know, and they might be technically good, but they tended to be like sort of um, hutter, hovered over themselves and not listening to what the other musicians were doing. And, and it's, pretty crucial to have that experience where you you're reacting to what the other musicians are doing when they're when they're making a phrase you're you're commenting back you know and having that conversation and so i think uh that can be overlooked when young musicians are getting their start yeah that makes a lot of sense it takes practice to be in a band it takes practice to learn your machine but then also to play with other cats absolutely brian it's been big honor to have you on the show and to talk about your music journey. I want to thank you so much. It was a real pleasure uh, getting to talk. Uh, you know, I love your music and I've been a huge fan for, for many years. So, uh, oh, you're most kind, Brian. Okay, people, September 2, 2020 edition of Peter Show. Keep your powder dry.